Have you noticed it? People are more emotional right now. With so much going on around COVID and, and, and all the policy changes and school being out and work not happening and maybe summer camps and summer vacations canceled, people are just a little wound up. So what do we do about it? Today, we're talking emotions for us and our kids. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and happy that you're with us today. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old rising third grader. Her name is Naomi, and we do two podcasts every single week. On Mondays, we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow and get better. Thursdays, we talk to a dad about being a dad, and uh, we've been all in on helping you with everything going on with COVID right now, and we're going to do that again today. It's a special Encore episode. I'm bringing back an interview that I did with Dr. Mark Brackett. He's at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, and he wrote a book called Permission to Feel. He and I spoke last fall about our kids and their emotions and our emotions and, and how we kind of navigate all of that. And I thought it made a lot of sense to bring this conversation back because I don't know if you've noticed it. As you look around, I've found that that we're more on edge. Um, um, We might be a little uptight. And that's just because there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of stuff going on. You got your kids have things get canceled. They're disappointed. We're all adapting and our emotions go up. And so how are we handling that? Are we giving our kids the space to feel? right? Are we handling our emotions well? Are we a great role model for our kids? How are we responding when our kids get emotional? And you're going to find out kind of what kind of parent are you? um, And and how are you helping your kids navigate the emotions they're feeling while you're also feeling your own? So I'm excited to jump in and do it. It's an encore episode with Dr. Mark Brackett called Getting Emotional, Giving Our Kids Permission to Feel. Dr. Brackett, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. My pleasure. Thank you. Your book is so good, and um, and I've learned a lot from it. So I think that you know it's a good one for parents to pick up. Even though I think you're you know you're basically talking to educators here, and yet a good one for parents to to pick up as well. Uh, Permission to feel is the book, and um, and there's just a lot of stuff I think we can learn about how our kids act and behave and what their kind of emotional intelligence is, right? That's correct. That's the goal of my book is really to really elevate, you know, the value and importance of children's emotion lives and uh, the emotional lives of the adults who are raising and teaching them. Yeah. And the way that, you know, I feel like, and I'm a parent of a second grader. And so, you know, I look at how my wife and I raise her compared to how my parents raised me. And then even more specifically, how my grandparents raised my parents. I feel like there's yep. been a shift over the last couple of generations on you know the way that we treat kids and and just their behavior in general have you have you noticed that in your research well um, you know i think it's a really complicated question right or comment that you're making which is you know so much of the way we treat kids you know it comes from just historically how we view kids um are they you know are they little people who we throw information into? You know, are they little people who we help to discover who they are, you know, to flourish? And um, so there are certain camps, right, that, you know, certain parents who um, are scientists with their kids and there are certain parents who are more judges with their kids. And anyway, we can talk through that. It would be fun. 
Yeah, well, let's talk about it. So you said we've got parents who you said are scientists and parents who are judges. So what's the difference? Well, the emotion scientist parent is someone who's curious about feelings, someone who is open to the full range of feelings, someone who, when they notice their child's temperament may not be the one that matches theirs, ideally, doesn't start saying, oh, no, I've got the troubled kid, or I've got the colicky kid, or I've got the overreactive kid. They're saying to themselves, All right, what do I need to do to support my child's healthy development? Um, when their child fails, for example, at dealing with their emotions or has a tantrum or doesn't regulate well, they think, all right, what strategies can I teach my child to be better at dealing with their feelings? Whereas the emotion judge parent is, oh, no, this is my kid. This is a fixed kind of mindset, meaning that there's nothing I can do about it. Emotions don't really matter. Um, and um, I'm going to ignore that information uh, in terms of how I develop my child. So big differences between the two. Uh, clearly. And I feel like, you know, I guess for me, I'd look at it and go, well, I'd prefer to be a, a scientist parent where I'm going to be curious and help them because that's kind of my role as a dad. Um, do you find that, do you find that one model's better than another? Well, what we find, <clears throat> unfortunately, is that people are grossly unself-aware about whether they're, whether or not they're a scientist or a judge. Okay. Um, not that you are, I'm not joking, I'm just kidding. But, um, truthfully, we find that people think, oh yes, you know, I'm an emotion scientist as a parent. And then uh -huh. we observe their behavior or we find out what they do. You know, and they don't realize that a lot of the behaviors, um, so for example, when a child comes screaming and yelling, why, you know, why are you so angry? Well, you don't know if I'm angry or not. That happened to me as a child. So I had terrible bullying in my childhood, mm -hmm. and I hated school, and I would come home, I hate you, I'm not going to school tomorrow. And my mother would get activated by that. Um, who do you think you are talking to me that way? And then I get sent to my room and then my father would come home and be a whole thing. Right. And what they never really did was pause, took a breath, you know, ask themselves, is my child's behavior an indicator of something else? Like maybe his feelings of shame uh, or fear, which is what I was experiencing each day. Right. But unfortunately, many parents get so activated by their kids' behavior um, that they go into the fight-or-flight mode as opposed to the emotion scientist mode. Okay, well, then put me in the group of the judge parent because uh, you know, this is where I think that, that you've, you've really – well, you've woken me up, and I think you'll wake up other parents. Our intention is to be curious. In the moment, we aren't curious. I mean, that's probably pretty common. It's very common. Well, then what tip would you give? Because, you know, you talk a lot about the value of allowing kids to have emotion and to understand it. So what tip would you give to me as a dad or the other dads listening to in that moment when they, you know, when they're behaving in a way that you don't, part you know, you don't enjoy, you don't approve of, how can we stop for a minute, hit that pause button and become curious? Well, you just said it, actually. I mean, the first thing is that when we are um, with a child who is activating us, right, whether it be yelling or screaming or having a tantrum, right, we've got to take that breath. Instead of going to our automatic, habitual, reactionary self, right, we've got to become the automatic, habitual, pause self. 
And so just taking that breath and recognizing that I have to be the role model. And in that role model self, you can say, right, what are the things that I can say? What are the things that I can do to demonstrate that, A, I can handle this, and B, I can support my child in dealing with their feelings? And that's hard work. And, you know, we don't practice that um, because our nation's education system and our family systems don't really provide an adequate education in, you know, parental self-regulation, you know, parental role modeling of effective emotion management. Mm -hmm. But that's the first step is, you know, not going with your automatic reaction, which is if you're triggered, it's like self-protection, right? It's like, who do you think you are? And, or whatever it might be, or get out of my face, or go to your room, or who do you, you know, whatever it might be. Right. You've got to take the breath. You've got to step back and manage it effectively. Well, I, I guess that's really important because we're probably teaching our kids how to behave through how we behave, right? They're watching us. They're paying attention to us. And so if we're going to have kids who understand and can deal with the emotions that they feel throughout the day, we've got to be able to do the same thing, right? Well, they have to learn it somewhere. Right. right. <laughs> and if our parents aren't the role models, then maybe our teachers are, maybe our coaches are. But honestly, right, parents are the first um, teacher for their children. Mm -hmm. But there are other steps, too. The other is, do you know the strategies? You know, I didn't really learn what emotion regulation was until I was in graduate school. My goodness. Yeah. And well, what is so it? What are the, so it is the the thoughts and the actions that we use to reduce unwanted emotions and even create the emotions that we think are the most useful. So the big ones are obviously taking a breath. That just helps us deactivate, you know, when we're feeling triggered. But then there are other things like maybe you just need to say, honey, honey, you know what? Daddy had a really hard day. I need a minute to myself. And just be open and honest. Just say, I've had a rough day. I need a minute. You know, I'm really overwhelmed. I had, a, you know, things didn't go as well as I wanted to at work. And I just need a few minutes to get myself together. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with admitting that you need some space? Well, you're teaching then, them the same thing, that if they need space, they can ask for it too. Exactly. And then the question is, all right, so then you have to engage in that self-talk strategy. All right, so Mark, as the ideal dad, as the ideal parent, how would I respond to this? Would I be the judge and just say, get to your room? Or would I say, wait a minute, as a father, I have to provide unconditional love and support to my child. So through that lens, how can I, A, calm myself down, and B, what are the questions that I might ask my child to gather more information so that I can support them in labeling their feeling and also managing it effectively? Wow, that's a lot. I mean, we're, we're retraining ourselves how to parent. We are. And that's why I say all parents need to become emotion scientists because if you don't know really what specifically your child is feeling, it's going to be really hard to help them manage their emotions. Mm -hmm. So by way of example, when I was a kid, I was uh, being bullied quite a bit. But my father was a tough guy from the Bronx. So mm -hmm. his strategy was, son, you've got to toughen up. Right. It's question his emotion judge, right? He didn't come in and say, you know, my son is more sensitive than I am. My son needs more strategies than I did. He just tried to make me a tough guy. Now, 
I have a fifth degree black belt today. I'm still not a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can protect myself, but I'm a sensitive human being and I'm easily activated. I have a lot of empathy. Um, so you can't make someone into a tough guy when they're not a tough guy, whatever that means anyway. Right. Um, Is- and also, it's interesting. I meet fathers all the time who, when I give my parenting presentations, they say things like, oh, my goodness, you share so much about your own anxiety and your own childhood trauma. Like, I would never, ever let my child know that I was bullied as a kid. And I say, but think about that for a minute. Imagine your child is being bullied. And that somehow you're sending messages that you don't want to hear it or that you don't think that they're tough enough. How do you think that's going to impact your child's development? So I'm very provocative with parents because right, what matters is healthy development and we know that children who experience strong negative feelings for too long are not going to have right a happy adulthood. Right. Well, we're laying the foundation for that as kids. And I, and I'm, as I'm hearing you tell the story, I go, you know, what you said is your dad's this tough guy from the Bronx. And I go, well, is this a generational thing or do we still as parents today treat our sons one way and our daughters another, because I'm curious if, if, and I don't know if you had a sister, if you have a sister or had one, if your dad would say the same thing to her as he said to you. So there are gender differences in the way parents, both moms and dads, talk to their children, right? Parents use more emotion language with their, with their girls than their boys. Um, parents um, will spend more time problem solving um, with girls than with boys. So that's that's where the scientist again comes out and the parents will say, am I treating my children differently based on their gender? Am I biased in that all boys should be tough guys and all girls should be, you know, sweet and nice? It's, it's just so important to be to step back and evaluate, right, how you are interacting with your child and what is the language that you're using because you are shaping their development. Right. And everyone has emotions and it's okay to express them and understand them. And I guess if you can't express them properly, then that's when things can get really tough and bad. Well, that's what happened with me. Um, So the reason why my book is called Permission to Feel is because I didn't feel as a child that I had that permission. So given my abuse situation, given my bullying situation, I was silenced for so much of my early life. And I was having all these strong feelings of self-hatred, anger, fear, shame. But yet I had nowhere to go with it because my parents, while they loved me dearly, my mom was very anxious. So she'd say things like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I would realize that every time I would share something that was going wrong with me, my mother would have a breakdown. And then my father would just say, son, you got to toughen up. You got to toughen up. And so what does that teach you as a kid? It teaches you, guess what? Don't Don't share your feelings. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't tell anybody, the feelings have to go somewhere. And for me, they went into a lot of self-hatred. They went into an eating disorder as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to go somewhere. And, you know, our goal as parents should be to provide right, that adequate emotional education for our kids so they can build and maintain good relationships, so they can have well-being, and they can achieve their goals. 
Yeah. And you're, I appreciate your vulnerability in the book to share. It opened my eyes. And, and so I'm, I'm curious about what questions should we be asking to find out what our kids are feeling and what their emotions are like so that we can help them grow. So that's why in my book, I talk about you know, the ruler skills and there are these five emotional intelligence skills that I really go through deeply, recognizing emotions, understanding emotions, labeling emotions, expressing emotions and regulating emotions. And they work together. So the first is, am I even paying attention to my kids' feelings or am I ignoring that information? Am I looking at my child's facial expressions and body language and am I listening to their vocal tone? And am I seeing that as information? Now, the problem is that we can't judge a book by its cover because sometimes we look like we're sad or angry, but we're feeling something else. That's where the understanding of emotion comes in. Tell me more. What happened? Do I know the difference as a parent between the emotions of anger and disappointment, where disappointment is about unmet expectations, where anger is about injustice? So when I'm asking my child what happened, am I listening for those themes? Am I listening specifically? Is my child just upset because they had expectations that were met? Or did something happen that was unfair or an injustice? And the reason why that's important is because that guides you to labeling the emotion as either disappointment or anger. And then the question is, how am I going to get my child to express what happened? And then importantly, what are my strategies um, that I can use to support my child in managing that emotion? And so the questions are all around these ruler skills, right? What happened? What might have caused you to have this feeling? Let's think together about what feeling that might be you know, share some more, or let's think together. What do you need right now, honey? Let's think about some some ways that we can think about our emotions. Let me give you one example. It's my favorite from recently. Yeah, yeah. So a parent, um, I was doing a, a training for families, and a mom came up to me after having read my book, learning about positive self-talk as a strategy. And it sounds simple, you know, um, but so here it is. They're in the car. She's with her five-year-old son six-year-old, I think, and they're going to the dentist's office. And the kid is like, Mommy, I'm afraid of the dentist. I'm scared. I don't want to go. And the mother was like, what can I say to my kid? And she goes, I understand, honey, but imagine your best friend, Johnny, if he were going to the dentist right now and he were really anxious and worried. What would you, what would you say to him if he was scared? Oh, I would tell him, don't worry. It's going to be okay. You can get through it. And so he was able to come up with the strategies that he would use to help a friend. And then his mom said, well, honey, maybe you could say those things to yourself. And then the little boy said to his mom, he said, mom, you're a genius. <laughs> and I just think how, you know, that's an example, right, of being an emotion scientist. Let me think, yeah. you know, okay, let me get my child to think about what he might do to support another child, and then ask them to think about how they could use that for themselves. So that's the work that we do. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, it's so helpful. The, the words that we say and, you know, are really going to impact our feelings, how we feel. And so, and that example for that young kid to come up with the words himself, I imagine the emotion changed almost instantly. It did. Yeah. yeah. And so, 
you know, sometimes it's just getting the child to label it. Sometimes it's getting them to think about like how they would help a friend deal with the feeling and then applying that to themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes it's just accepting the fact that yes, it's okay to be sad right now. Our doggy died and we're not going to try to not feel sad. We're just going to have strong, positive memories of our, of our, of our dog. And it's okay. But so much of our world is about fixing feelings as opposed to allowing people to experience feelings. So I imagine that there's long-term impact for this as well, uh, that as, you know, early on in life, if you can help your child be comfortable in expressing feelings and understanding feelings, that as they get older, you know, uh, middle school, high school, and then as, as adults, there's got to be long-term payoff for this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, the research shows that. So specifically, children with more developed emotional intelligence tend to have less anxiety. They tend to have less depression. <clears throat> they tend to have good relationships with people. They know how to build and maintain relationships. Um, they're better at persevering, you know, through difficult times. Um, and the list goes on, better academic achievement. Um, because when you think about life, yes, of course, we all want our children to develop academic skills, to understand mathematics and, you know, science and history. But life is filled with emotion from preschool to high school to college and beyond. And unless we have the strategy to deal with our frustration, you know, when we're trying to be creative and we get disappointed in our progress, when we get harsh feedback from peers or teachers, when things just don't work out, and unless we teach our children on how to understand those feelings and manage them, oftentimes the brightest among us don't achieve our dreams. Yeah. I had um, Phyllis Fagel on a while back who wrote a book called Middle Schools, and she said something to me that, you know, middle school is much less about academics and much more about just social interaction and emotion. And I feel like I'm mm -hmm. hearing you say the same thing, that we've got to learn this, um, how to interact and behave with others through our emotions and socially. So here's my question. You know, I'm, the, most of the conversation I've had with you has been from my mindset of a parent of a grader, which is pretty mm -hmm. different than the parent of a seventh grader or a high schooler. So what mm -hmm. would you say to a parent who's got a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, and this is not something they got to tackle early on, and they recognize, though, that there's some opportunity to get better? What advice would you give them? So I would say, first, adopt an emotion scientist mindset, right? Just believe in your heart of hearts, right, that emotions matter, and that Become a curious explorer of feelings as opposed to a harsh judge of feelings, both of your own as the parent and of your children. The second is I would say that these are skills that you have to work on yourself. Like get and work harder at building your emotion vocabulary. Like understand the differences between anger and disappointment and fear and anxiety, as well as the happy feelings like joy, and elation or contentment or serenity. Like just build your emotional vocabulary. The other piece is you have to build your repertoire for healthy emotion regulation. It starts with getting enough sleep, eating healthy and exercising, 
it starts with knowing that your automatic strategy after you've been triggered is to just take that breath. And then it really works toward your self-talk. So I ask parents, what are you saying to yourself when you make mistakes in front of your child? What are you saying to yourself when you're stressed and overwhelmed and frightened? And what are they hearing from you? And if it's like, I hate myself, or I'm a loser, or this is bullshit, oh, sorry for that. Um, you know, whatever it might be, um, recognize that your children are listening and they're learning um, from you. And also, what you say to them, like, I can't believe how many parents, you know, tell their children about, oh, you look terrible in that. Or, mm. you know, how could you dress like that? And all of a sudden, their children are starting to adopt a very negative self-view based on what the parents have said to them. So it's like, as adults, we have to really monitor the words that are coming out of our mouth and are we providing our children with ways of talking to themselves in a positive or negative way. Our words matter. Their words matter. And, yeah. But really specifically, what I'm saying is they, they matter around this area of self-regulation. Right, they matter in terms of what is the dialogue that's in our household about how we deal with feelings. Is it get over it? Is it you know who cares? Or is it let's talk about it? Is it this is temporary? You know we all get stressed out sometimes. Let's just go for a walk. Let's just take a breath. Let's just you know distract ourselves for a little bit. Let's you know um, take the morning and go for a hike or whatever it might be. Is it, are you demonstrating as a parent that you have the strategies and that you use the strategies and that you're helping your children develop them? That's awesome. So as we wrap up, I'm just curious if you were sitting down with a dad and you wanted this dad to know the most important thing that they need to know when it comes to emotions and their kids and being a parent, what would you tell them? I would say don't let your own childhood experiences interfere. Right. So if I adopted the mindset that my parents had, which was, don't tell me I'll have a nervous breakdown or be a tough guy, how would I be an effective parent? How would I be an effective colleague, friend? Um, it's really to strive to be that curious, open emotion scientist and not the harsh judge. Yeah, that's my takeaway because I thought I was one, and in about two minutes, you convinced me that I'm the other. So thank you for educating <laughs> me. Uh, send me the bill and uh, I'll pay you for that. That is awesome. There you go. Um, tell people where they can find you and how they can find the book. Thank you. So I think the easiest way is obviously you can find the book on Amazon or any other uh, bookstore. Uh, but my website is just www.mark with a C bracket, B-R-A-C-K-E-T-T.com. So it's markbracket.com. And from there, you can look at information about the book. You can even join my blog, which is called The Emotion Scientist, um, and you can learn more about the Center for Emotional Intelligence and our school-based programming. Fantastic. Well, the book is Permission to Feel. It's really good. I learned a lot, and then I got educated again. Dr. Brackett, thanks so much for joining us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Great stuff and so completely relevant right now with everything that we're experiencing through COVID. Truly being connected to what's going on with our kids, what they're thinking, following his ruler approach that he walked through, and then being connected with our emotions ourselves. 
Now, uh, Dr. Brackett did a conversation with Brene Brown, okay, so almost as amazing as being on this podcast, right? And they had a conversation around right now, our feelings and emotions that we're going through right now in this time. And I'm going to post a link to kind of a recap of that conversation uh, on our Facebook page. You can go and look at it. And yet what he basically said, and I'm pulling this up from a Forbes article, that's what I'm going to post for you, is he says, we've got to understand, I have a connection as to why understanding emotions are so important, especially right now. And he said, here's what happens. Emotions affect us in certain ways, right? First, our ability to pay attention. So when we're emotional, we pay less attention. That's what he's saying. So we've got to recognize that that's important. Number two, emotions affect our decision-making. And, and oftentimes I've said this, when, when, when uncertainty shows up, then uh, we can get emotional. And when we get emotional, we make, long, we make uh, decisions that aren't good long-term. They feel good in the short term. They aren't good in long-term because they're based in emotion. They're not based in fact. The third thing, he said emotions affect our relationships. And that's what we've been talking about today. And not just our relationships with ourselves and our kids, our partners as well. How are those things going? Number four, he said emotion, emotions impact our physical and mental health. And, and so we want to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, both, both mentally and physically. And we've done episodes on both of those things since COVID's happened and to help you stay connected with your physical health and your mental health. And then finally, he says, emotions affect our performance and our creativity. So I trust you got some value out of this conversation today, and, and I'd recommend you go get the book and look up other stuff that Dr. Brackett has done because he's got so much good stuff for you. And then keep in mind, too, we've done so many episodes to help you through COVID that, that go back and look through what we've covered here recently, and I trust it'll help you. Hey, if you got some value out of this conversation today, do me a favor, share it with somebody. Share it on your social media, email it to a friend, uh, rate, subscribe, and review wherever you're listening. That would be great as well. We love five stars. And then finally, connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. And we'd like to hear from you too. So if you'd like to be on the show or know somebody who'd be a great guest, send me an email at james at positivelydad.com and we'll make it happen. Hey, thanks for listening to this special Encore episode today. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.